2: It's time for Warriors this week. Shot clock down to 10. Cool dribble drive. The Thompson in the corner. He'll launch the five and the three.
3: And say goodnight. Now, here's John Dickinson. John Dickinson. Yes, yes, John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason with you here as we welcome you inside Warriors this week on ninety-five-seven. The Game for the next three hours. Whitey Gleason, mm. John Dickinson, good to be with you, my man. And uh, what a difference a week makes with the Warriors now. A five-game winning streak. They sweep yeah. the homestand. They beat the Pelicans last night. And they're all the way up to fifth in the Western Conference. That's right, fifth in the Western Conference. Now 34-30. and 30 but 8 of the next 10 on the road for the Warriors. That's the downside of things. The Warriors have struggled so mightily on the road, but it looks like Steph Curry is coming back tomorrow in L.A., barring some semblance of a setback, and that's very good news for the Warriors here with 18 games to go and already starting to... Look like maybe they're making that run that we've been waiting four or five months to see.
4: Yeah, I just want to confirm this, J.D., and you ran down a lot of it, but I want to make sure this actually happened and that I didn't imagine it. So Steph gets hurt, and the Warriors respond with a five-game winning streak, and they they make a habit of coming from double digits down to win – and defense fueled the winning streak and they're all the way up to 5th in the west did you say just a game out of four. <laughs> right that really that really is happening right that, i didn't imagine that that's actually going on that
3: all that's has incredible. happened here yeah. over just the course of of the last <laughs> 8 days yeah so we we were on obviously after the Houston game and that was kind of a an unimpressive uh just It was really an awful basketball game, top to bottom. An unimpressive win, but a win nevertheless. And we were talking a lot last week about how, hey, quit worrying about style points. This team just needs wins. And they followed up a real ugly win against the Rockets, which I I think the the next couple of games were much more aesthetically pleasing, uh, even though the Warriors got down in all of them. Last night I thought was a little bit on the uglier side, but the second of a back-to-back the sixth game in nine nights, and the Warriors really pushed through, I thought, some fatigue to come back again from down 17 to win that game 108-99 and sweep the mm-hmm. homestand, which, uh, I mean, it's some big-time December into January vibes, I yep. think, when the Warriors had that one other five-game winning streak at home at the beginning of that homestand. It kind of it petered out on them toward the end there, and then Steph came back right after that, and the Warriors still were unable to to gain significant momentum, but they're hoping this will be different uh, with Steph back tomorrow in all likelihood and the Warriors now 18 games to go and, and, and feeling like this team's starting to get it together at the right time and, and the rest of the Western Conference seemingly falling apart behind them now. You look at the Clippers who got beat again, again. last night. They've lost five consecutive games. The Clippers stink. The, the Clippers stink. <laughs> they haven't won a game since adding Russell yeah. Westbrook into the mix here over the, the same time frame. The Warriors went 5-0, and and the Clippers went 0-5 just over the last eight nights here with a couple of losses. Sacramento got them again late uh, after the game that everybody was talking about a week ago down in L.A. And, yeah, things are, are looking up for the Warriors. The, the only thing that is a little bit of a... I, I don't know if I like that in trying to look at it from the perspective of of the Warrior fan would be it's almost setting up maybe for a Warrior Suns first-round matchup mm. when you look at the way the standings are separated, but we're still five, six weeks away from, from potentially that, and a lot can change, and the Warriors still have to put that hold on one of these top six spots with 18 to go.
4: One of the things that's been amazing to see this week is what the— Warriors have done, if you will, to other teams. I know Chris Mullen made the comment after the Warriors just beat the Clippers. He said, it looked like the Clippers gave up. And I, to me, to my eye, I, it sure did look that way. I think the way the Clippers came in here and built up that big first half lead, I think the Clippers thought, we got this, we've got everything going in the right direction. And when the Warriors made that comeback on them, they had that you know, classic Warrior third quarter, I don't think the Clippers knew what to do. They were at a loss. They didn't understand what was happening. And then last night, um, you know, that's a nice gritty win, too, because the Warriors were so flat. When they started the game and they needed some kind of, you know, energy and then Cominga almost literally flies to the rescue. But it was interesting after the game, Ron Adams had some things to say to Bonte and, and Mully. Um and, and he said, Yeah, the schemes that the coaches are employing now, they're working, but he said, and you could see he was kind of struggling with how exactly to phrase it, he said. They're just playing with more juice, which I know is one of your favorite terms. And he said, defensively now, we're just finally playing harder. And you can imagine how frustrating that is for a coach to see that all season long and just know that we can play harder. Somehow, someway, for whatever reason, the Warriors right now are playing a lot harder. That's one reason why Steve Kerr keeps using that word gritty in his post-game assessments.
3: And it, and it was a gritty homestand to, to go 5-0 and and do it the way that they did. I, I do think they're were some times on the homestand where they were forced with their backs up against the wall to play harder and play with more juice. I think that was part of these last four games where the Warriors were down double digits in all of them, and you could make the case whether the team they were putting on the floor was more talented top to bottom than some of the teams that that they were facing on those nights, but they were able to kick it into gear just for long enough to be able to come back and to win all four of these games against Minnesota and Portland and the Clippers. And then last night, the Pelicans, of course, getting the win against the Rockets to tip it all off. And 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 it really has been something that they've been able to do at home and not able to do on the road. Now 27-7 and for the Warriors. On the home floor, uh, as you look at it, uh, the Warriors now uh, in in position here with seven home games to go of these final 18. That means 11 on the road, where the Warriors are just seven and 23. And the biggest difference has been defense. I mean, you look at this home stand, and the Warriors basically hold their opponent right at the hundred point mark for. The five games of the homestand and some some big lockdown quarters, whether it was the, the fourth quarter going back a couple of games ago uh, against Minnesota, the, the third quarters over these last uh, couple of games, uh, the Warriors have just found something. I think the scheme has been part of it. They have gotten a little bit more, we've talked about this game specific, rather than just trying to run their general defensive system. I think that's helped as they lock in and start to get into a little bit more of a of a playoff mode here even without Steph but the big question and the question on the board here that we're going to talk a lot about for the next 3 hours at eight, nine five seven, nine five seven zero, is will it translate finally on the road with 8 of the next 10 away from Chase Center because the way things have gone this season and this is as far down the path toward over 500 and, and putting together some semblance of a streak that the Warriors have had. It's all coinciding with Steph coming back reportedly tomorrow in L.A. But the one thing that has been the Warriors' kryptonite this year has been road games. And it, you know eight of the next ten are on the road, so we're, we're about to find out if this team is going to dip back toward 500 and that glut of mediocrity and the teams that are battling for the play-in spots, it's gonna happen again as it has so many different times this year when they've been away from chase.
4: It's funny because we all talk about the schemes and it it was we all know if you really are watching, you know the Warriors it's not like they've just run one scheme. They play some zone, they play some box and one. So it's not like they've just had, we're gonna try this defense. They're trying different things. So the point is how much that applies to your next few opponents. Uh, for example, are we going to see a lot of boxing when they play Memphis against Jod? Uh, you know, that, that's what we're going to have to wait and see. The key is can the Warriors still bring that level of intensity? That's why, JD, I think it's so great that, that Steph is coming back, amongst other reasons. And hopefully, Wiggins at some point comes back because it seems to me that if you're going to play uh, with this much intensity and you're trying to cover more of the court defensively, you know, it takes a toll physically and you're going to need more players. I think Moses Moody's going to have opportunities to play more. but We'll see. I also want to just quickly address what's going on with Clay because I think it's it's amazing that we've all been saying Clay's back. He's he's back. He'll never make it back. Is he back? And it seems like now the focus that the coaches have led him to is don't worry about getting back and offensively it looks like he is but it's not about you becoming the clay you were it's about you expanding your game and becoming a clay maybe that you never were before so focusing on what you can be rather than what you're not and it seems to have freedom he's been rebounding last night he only had one rebound but he had he's had four assists in each of the last four games so I think that's been remarkable the way the coaches Bruce Frazier and Steve Kerr have impressed upon clay look forget about you being you we need you to be more than that as you age just like michael jordan became a, a more diverse player and and it's really amazing the way clay is responding to that
3: yeah it, it is and, and he's been able to be the the lead dog really yeah uh, you know jordan Poole was the lead dog in the streak back in december and january with a lot of monster games but with pool struggling and i think the defensive attention more on pool with steph out Pool really gets the, the brunt of the attention. And so Clay has been, because he had been you know, the the hotter player of late and, and the veteran, he's stepped up. I mm-hmm. think using the momentum that built in January and leading into February to where he's he's carried the Warriors yeah. uh, offensively in a lot of these games. And yes, they've needed contributions from DiVincenzo and Kaminga and Still Pool and and others to be able to win these games. But when you look at it, it really has started with Clay dominating and leading and being in a position we had Bob Myers on this week and I was sitting in for Steiny their bi-weekly conversation with Bob on the executive show and you know I, I just asked him about the fact that it, we just really you know whether it's it's always been the Splash Brothers, but Steph is the the lead and then they get Durant and that almost kicks Clay to third in the pecking order. There have just been so few chances to see Clay Thompson be the number one option. And and Bob called it Washington State Clay, where you know you're the <laughs> you're the yeah. best player on the team, and you you're going to get high volume, and you're going to get the ball in your hands more, and you're going to have to dribble and play make and and score and do all of it, and. That's been, I think, the most impressive thing. And in a league where so many stars, Whitey, can't wait for those back-to-backs and opportunities to not play, Clay Thompson has set the opposite tone in the biggest, most daunting potential stretch of the season for this team, playing in back-to-backs now, playing in the sixth and nine nights last night, playing those first two games out of the break, playing the last two games leading into the break. There was a... a, a Strong part of me that thought he maybe wasn't going to play last night. Not because it was just a back-to-back, but because it was a six games and nine nights back-to-back. But Clay making it through physically to be able to be cleared for it. But Clay wanting to get back to a point where he could play, not in some back-to-backs. He's played in each of the last three Mm -hmm. back-to-backs, including the six and nine. You mentioned the Clippers. Uh, after the Warriors game, and and then just seemingly stunned and and quitting. I mean, Paul George needed a needed to sleep on whether or not he even wanted to play the next night <laughs> in in Sacramento. Uh, Kawhi tapped out and yeah. didn't play in yeah. Sacramento the next night. Now Paul George did end up playing. The Clippers ended up losing that game by a point. But but the league and and I think the Clippers identity. It's a gutless identity. The Clippers identity. What, what is the identity of the Clippers? The, the identity of the Clippers is strong load management.
4: Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's kind of like it's uh, when yeah.
3: it, the, the identity of the Clippers is when when do our stars get to not play because mm-hmm. they 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 don't really want to play as much as they you know they, they'd rather take that night off than get out there and fight through and now we're seeing you know that being part of the reason why the Warriors have have been able to. Jump in front of them at least for the time being, and why they've dropped the the five in a row. Incredible! They've lost five in a row. Warriors have won five in a row. Warriors all the way up to fifth. Phoenix is rolling. They've won their first two games in impressive fashion, albeit against Charlotte and Chicago with Durant. You start to look at the standings a little bit, Whitey, and I think Phoenix is going to win a lot of games between now and the end of the year. The Kings now at 37 and 25, they may have enough of a cushion where they're actually closer to second than they are to fourth and fifth at this point. And so we'll have to see how it all shakes out. But it's really starting to look like if the Warriors can be even just stable on the road and the schedule's going to get more difficult, like, like the five seed is... The most likely scenario, if the Warriors want to be the 5 seed, yeah, the, will, 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 remains to be seen.
4: The next few games, tomorrow at the Lakers, Tuesday at Thunder, Thursday at Memphis, then you're home Saturday to the Bucks, and then Monday the 13th, home to those Phoenix Suns. So, yeah, it's a tough stretch uh, coming up here. To your point about the Clippers, I don't think we talked about this last week, but, you know, a week ago, the Clippers lost that incredible uh, double overtime game to the Kings by one point. Paul George did not play the second overtime. Did you know that? Because of a minutes restriction in that game. Right. They lost that was by the one...
3: second time that's happened this season. Wow. That, yeah. They lost a game in Orlando earlier in the year where the same thing happened with him and Kawhi. Both ended up not finishing <laughs> the game.
4: Yeah. Um, one more thing about Clay. The thing that's so impressive about what he's doing is really... How he's doing it. We know earlier in the year and last year when he came back, you know, he was hunting shots and pressing, and he's just been so efficient. He's been leading the team, get on my back, but he's been doing it very efficiently without forcing shots, making shots. It's been, uh, I'm sure it's been incredibly rewarding for him, and he has lifted this team. He's been one of the huge reasons why here they are all of a sudden when it looked like, hmm, this whole thing could be slipping away, sliding down the drain. Nope. Fifth place, uh, game out of fourth and 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 four games out of third, although
3: that's a pretty big gap right now. All right, he's Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson, eight at eight, nine five seven, nine five seven zero. It's Warriors this week here on 95.7 the game. We're with you until one o'clock, trying to make some sense of where this Warriors team is at now. Four games over five hundred for the first time this season. They've won five in a row. They're gonna be on their way down to LA here. Later this morning and uh, in the early afternoon, uh, an afternoon game tomorrow against yeah. the Lakers, 1230 tip uh, Warriors live comes your way at 1130 for that one. It's the Lakers. It's the Thunder and then it's the Grizzlies three games on the road and the schedule is going to get tough. Uh, Grizzlies, Milwaukee at Chase a week from tonight, and then the Suns are in after that uh, a week from Monday. And so the Warriors will be tested before another trip that begins in L.A., and it's a a five-gamer with the games coming basically every other day with some back-to-backs mixed in. And the key question of the day is, can this translate onto the road Now, with eight of the next ten on the road. And the other part of the conversation, Whitey, that I I wanted to get into today, and and this is something that has confounded me more and more as the Warriors have gotten on this roll here over the last week, and you start to look at the without Curry, with Curry records, and the Warriors with the five in a row, and, and this concludes now, assuming Curry comes back and plays tomorrow, Whitey, the Warriors will go seven and four in this 11-game stretch without Curry... They are fourteen and twelve without Curry this season. So two games over five hundred without him. They're two games over five hundred when he's played at twenty and eighteen. And it's absolute foolishness that I even have to say this. But I'm not making the case that the Warriors are better or the same <laughs> without take. Curry or anything. I, I'm not it's not, I I just I have to say it even though I don't have to say it and I feel like an idiot for even having to say it. But you know how people get whenever you start to to go down this path. How do you explain the fact that the Warriors, it's not about Steph. To me, it's about the other players and the, the combinations of players and the way this roster was built. I think you could make a case that this roster was built in a manner to be able to withstand Steph missing time, which I think is a, is a positive and actually a credit to Bob Myers and to his staff and to everybody within the organization that you know you're probably going to have to play 20 games or so a year without Steph. Can you go 500 and those games are slightly better? I think that's a major win for this team, and I think they get credit for the way they built the roster to be able to hold up without Steph, which in many ways is saving their season right now as he prepares to come back tomorrow. But I guess where I take it in trying to analyze it and think about it... Is is the roster built well enough with enough players that fit around Curry in the proper ways to where you know Curry's going to be fine? But how does it impact Jordan Poole with Clay Thompson now back and closer to the way he used to be? You know, Wiggins has been up and down. He obviously uh, has not been playing of late. I, there, there are two guys that I think it's it's impacted more than anybody, and and they're Dante DiVincenzo and and Jonathan Kaminga who have, I think, benefited from the opportunity to play more, but haven't necessarily made the impact as it leads to winning when the team has been whole because they just play less. And, and they haven't been able to have the same level of impact for the time that they've been on the floor when they've played less, and the pieces have just not totally fit together. Again, it has nothing to do with Curry, but, it's, but we always talk about you have to have the right kinds of players around Curry. I think for the most part the Warriors do, but do they have enough of those players in it? And it just hasn't clicked consistently enough for the Warriors when they've been closer to hole, which I think has been, you know, the biggest reason now, as we look at it with 18 games to go, why the Warriors are in the position that they're in and not better, they haven't played well enough as a group with Curry this season.
4: I think there's there's three reasons why, could, in my mind, why they've played as well as they have without him. Um, last year, without Curry, they were 8-10. and 10 so i think they learned last year and i know it's different players it's not all the same guys but they've learned that all right we can we can do this we can we can survive without him secondly to your point the way the it's not just the roster but the way the players fit the way they play uh, if you have a guy like Luke and he's out and a little different now with with uh, Kyrie there but with Lucas I was like all right who's gonna do what Luca does with this team it's like everyone's still we're doing what we do yeah more guys are gonna have to make shots but we're still playing the same way it doesn't disrupt the way we play and thirdly I think the biggest reason this year both times Steph went out they ended up with long home stands immediately following the fact that he was out and that's just the luck of the draw and they've taken advantage of that but I think that's been a huge factor.
3: Well, and you could start to make the case that the Warriors now uh, have benefited maybe more than any other team in the West with just how mediocre the West is. And and look, I think if if the Warriors end up fifth, although Phoenix in the first round is probably not what anybody would want and certainly not what the league would want. I mean, can you imagine? Ugh. I mean, just a quick quick sidebar on that. What a waste that would be, just from a big-picture NBA standpoint, to have Phoenix and the Warriors play in the first round. But that's that's what happens when teams are either extremely injured and or don't value the regular season you know, at the level that they haven't valued it here league-wide in, in recent memory. It leads to these earlier-round playoff series that, that throw everything out of whack, potentially, and and change the course of of who has some of the, the, the advantages there. But I think you could make the case, you know, throw the records out once the, the season's done and you get to the playoffs and you figure out where where everybody's at. If if the Warriors are good enough to be a five seed or even if they can somehow get really hot, which I think they're gonna have to get really hot to to go beyond that, I mean I mean 14 and 4, 15 and three. To me, if the Warriors wanna be four or even have a shot at three. I know they're, I think, five games out right now, or four games out right now of, of three. Uh, if, if they want to be able to do that, they're going to have to go f- probably fifteen and three in in the last eighteen. And if they go fifteen and three in the last eighteen, it, it might not matter what they wind up. I think everybody's going to think they have major action uh, as it as it leads to being able to to make that that long playoff run.
4: That's going to be really difficult given the schedule that you already ran through. That that said, I didn't think they're going to win these five games. So. We're still figuring out what this team is. Remember last week, I talked about how there's the possibility to the, that of the Western teams that made the major moves, the Suns, the Mavericks, and the Clippers, there's a chance that for at least one of the teams, it ain't going to work out. And so far, we're seeing for the Clippers, they still got a ways to go, but it ain't working out. They haven't won a game since they added Westbrook. So that's a factor. I'm still hoping, J.D., you're right. It looks like 4-5. Phoenix, Warriors, really good chance we'll get that. I'm still hoping we get Sacramento, Warriors. Uh, I think that'd be a great first-round matchup. Would energize, I mean, the whole northern part of the state. So that's what I'm banking on. Uh, if it ends up being Suns, Warriors, yeah, it's too bad that one of those um, marquee teams would be gone early. But, man, you get a lot of eyeballs on that series.
3: It would be a massive, massive series. And, and I know we talked about it last week. I, I think the Durant trade is going to work for the Suns. I do, too. The, the first two games, and again, they played Charlotte and Chicago, so it's not like they've played great teams their first two games. But he has been awesome and awesomely efficient. And well, he's the type of fit. superstar
4: you can plug in. Some superstars, you know, we how's he going to fit in? Durant, yeah, he's just a really good basketball player who understands how to fit in. So I don't think there's any question but that that's going to work there.
3: Yeah, the the better players you put around him, it just makes him the more efficient. Yeah, and and that just makes the other players around him better. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a it's a it's a circle in, yes. in a positive way. Yeah, uh, and yeah, it hasn't worked for the Mavs. I think the moves the Clippers made had the potential to work, but then they went and got Russ, and and I think that negated everything because it gives the opposition a means to attack both ways. And you saw the Warriors able to do that by just, hey, Russ, you can have any outside shot you want, brother. We're Mm going to take your man, and he's going to be helping off of of you everywhere else on the floor. And, J.D., wasn't that
4: so interesting that Draymond talked about how that can affect you, and he would know because teams do that
3: to him. Yeah. No doubt, yeah. and, and mentally, and, and especially a, a player that has been as great a player throughout his career as Westbrook, yeah. and, and Westbrook is so confident in his own abilities that he's going to take the shots, even if they're bad shots, and you're playing right into the defense's head because he is so stubborn to think that he's just, I'm going to beat him because I'm that good, and the reality is he's just not that good, and it plays right into the opposition's hands, and they can attack him defensively. You know, Even in games where he's played well... He's had, and this we saw this with the Lakers, he's had late-game gaffes. There was another one last night yep. uh, in Sacramento yep. where the Clippers had come back. The Kings had blown, I think, a 12-point lead in the final three or four minutes of that game. The Clippers had a one-point lead. They had just gotten a stop. The Kings were going to foul in the closing seconds down by a point, and they kicked the ball to Westbrook playing keep-away. And it goes right through his hands, right out of bounds, hands. and yeah. the Kings get what would prove to be the the go ahead possession. Sabonis ended up getting fouled, and made a couple of free throws, and and the Kings, the Kings, with their fifth win this season by a point, by a by a single point, they have won twelve games now by five points or less they're 4-0 uh, this, in overtime yeah they're 12 over 500 season.
4: the kings are 12 over 500
3: wow yeah pretty incredible stuff there 888 957 we appreciate everybody watching on youtube and twitch as well as we are off and rolling here on a saturday on 95.7 the game
2: how powerful is cox internet powerful enough to let your band members in vegas phoenix and rhode island jam like you're all in the same garage get cox internet powered by fiber with america's fastest download speeds it's internet built for tomorrow today cox always building better cox internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection speeds vary and are not guaranteed cox terms and other restrictions may apply analysis by Ookla of speed test intelligence data fixed median download speeds usq3 2023 Now, get 0% APR or up to $1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562 314 4603 for details. Back out to Clay Thompson. Thompson waiting. 350 to go in the game. Pulls up, lets it fly. Three ball for Clay! Wow! That was That was way out there by the logo. Now back to Warriors
3: This Week on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, and you at 888-957-9570. We'll get to some phone calls here coming up in just a moment, but how great has Clay Thompson been? That three... Deep putting the Warriors up 95-93 last night. How about Dante DiVincenzo with the three that put the Warriors up four? And I know Steve Kerr called this out as the play of the game, but the offensive rebound off of the Jordan Poole missed three that looked like it was about three-quarters of the way down. It pops out. DiVincenzo gets the rebound, finds Kaminga for the dunk, to put the Warriors up 100-96. Warriors go on to win last night over the Pelicans, 108-99. And uh, those two, Dante DiVincenzo and Jonathan Kaminga, I think have been, along with probably Kavon Looney, the, the, the three big heroes for the Warriors here on this homestand beyond Clay Thompson, who's the obvious hero and, and leader of it all, who stepped up in a big-time way.
4: When the game was tied last night, I think it was tied 89, and I was thinking, you know, what do the Warriors need to do to secure this? And obviously, you know, make your free throws, defend well, no huge defensive gaffes, and somebody's going to have to make a play. You may need a play or two. Someone's going to have to make a big play here for you to win this game, and that was the, that was the big play. And it's funny because looking at the uh, text line here, and I think these are some texts from from your post game last night, but J.D., Warrior fans, a lot of them are already getting nervous about the prospect of Dante DiVincenzo leaving because all of a sudden, he is just such a huge part of everything that that they're doing. And we'll see. Uh, he has an uh, opt-out, um, and he probably will be offered a lot of money, so we'll see about that, but it's just amazing how central he has become in this last week to this surge that, that the, the Warriors are enjoying.
3: Yeah, DiVincenzo, I think almost certainly has has priced his way out of, of the Warriors' range, and and the Warriors' range is basically the mid level exception uh, as to what they could offer DiVincenzo, and so he's what about four and a half, I think for for this year, and it's like and four next, seven
4: next year, something like yeah, about four or five, yeah, a yeah, little yeah, bit yeah. over four option. and a half, yeah, yeah, and,
3: and it's his option, so he can opt out and test the market. And I, I think DiVincenzo projects to be. I mean, look at what Gary Payton the second got. Gary Payton the second got eight to nine million a year for three years. I, I, think DiVincenzo could get ten plus, you know, ten a year for yeah. three or four, or even four years, depending upon uh, the team, because he's still a young player. And some, uh, I believe, yeah, twenty five years old. Some have no, pointed
4: out. Some pointed out one of the reasons the Warriors got Payton was that he was a little bit of insurance. Uh, against DiVincenzo leaving next year, so even when they made that trade, they had an idea that he might opt out, and his his value has just soared since then. So we don't need to think about that now, though he's playing out of his mind.
3: Yeah, and and again, just to tie that part of the conversation off, the the mid level exception, the Warriors could basically it's it's right around six million, and then it goes up. You can do a three year deal, so it really the Warriors I think high end offer to DiVincenzo would be six and about eighteen nineteen. You know, somewhere in, I'm sorry, three in about three in about 18, 19. So about six, a little more over six average value. I, I think DiVincenzo might he might be able to get twice that. Yeah, to he be might. Honest, one of the on reasons the, he ended up here on is the open because, market. yeah,
4: he wasn't able to get what he thought he was worth on the open market. So he came here, one of those prove himself deals. And he uh, he's held up his end to the bargain, needless to say.
3: 888 Let's get things started on the phones with Kathy here on Warriors this week on a Saturday. What's going on this morning, Kathy? Thanks for calling in. You're on 95.7 The Game. Oh, sure. My pleasure. I'm enjoying this conversation about the standings quite a bit. So one of the things that occurs to me is, of course,
0: our coaching staff is going to look very, very closely at how things are shaking out in the next couple of weeks. But if we, um, if we are pretty secure in the fifth spot and if Phoenix doesn't pass Sacramento and stays in the fourth I think it would be a disaster to play Phoenix in the first round and I think we'd get knocked out so my sense is that the coaches are going to conveniently start sitting clay and Steph toward the end of the season so that we can drop to the to the sixth and then we would m- most likely play uh Sacramento in the first round uh, which wouldn't be without its challenges clearly but it's not so those are
3: my, yeah, yeah. You you dab you'd absolutely. I know there was the report this week uh, from L.A. and then LeBron ended up getting hurt and it kind of changed the calculus on everything. And the Lakers are, are finding themselves uh, in a, in a bad way here again. Minnesota beat them last night down in L.A. and so they're on the outside looking in, still playing without LeBron. But there was a report. I don't know if you saw this that I think it was Brian Winhorst. Uh, mentioned it on a podcast that that the Lakers internally were targeting the six seed and and wanting to play Sacramento because they thought they were the most vulnerable team and basically the Lakers were calling them frauds hmm. and, and hey get and that the Lakers thought they could get to six this was again a week ago before the news broke about LeBron it was basically the same day it was hey Warriors think they can get to six or, or the Lakers think they can get to six and they want Sacramento and then it's like oh LeBron's going to be out for a month so maybe not
4: yeah but, yeah there's an old but, Molly I think it's a Molly Hatchet song flirting with disaster. And that's exactly what the Warriors would be doing if at this point, and I know Kathy said, if they were secure in the fifth. Well, they're not. And right now, you're just, if there's any way you can get home court, I think it's all about that. That would be ideal. But there's no way uh, right now, as muddled as it is, that anybody can start thinking, hmm, sit this guy here and that guy there. And maybe that way we can end up with the seating we want. Because you're still only, what, you're only two games out of eighth, uh, three games out of tenth. So, yeah, you just don't have that luxury.
3: You got to be careful trying to manipulate seating, and it's not the Warriors' DNA to manipulate seating. I know I, I can already hear, without hearing, Steve Kerr, you know, talking about the basketball gods mm. and karma, and how you know you start manipulate, you start trying to manipulate things, and it comes back to bite you. And so I, I really don't see the Warriors sandbagging to try and get another seed i think you're you, you, part of it is those things i think part, a lot a big part of it is exactly what what you just said as far as the fact that you're just you're not secure in yeah. the fifth and if you lose a couple another team might get hot you know a hot week you can go from 10th to 5. a cold week you can go from 5th to 10th and mm-hmm. and that's where the warriors are still vulnerable i think the other part of the equation too is the fact that The Kings are closer to second, as crazy as that is, because the Grizzlies have been mediocre and got beat again last night. The Grizzlies have been mediocre for about three months, really, two and a half months. Uh, They've basically been a 500 team or slightly below. They can't win on the road all of a sudden, and so the Kings are only a game out of second and and they're they've got I, I think a three game lead on Phoenix at this point. That's correct. For That's third right. versus fourth. Yes. So they're closer yes. to second than they are to fourth at, at this point, let alone mm-hmm. let alone fifth. And you know, they just don't show signs of of slowing down at this point. And and again, I think passing Phoenix is gonna be incredibly difficult if the Suns are healthy. And so the the carrot Of getting, you know, of keeping to, you know, keeping winning to get Phoenix, I think is going to be tough because I think the Suns already have the tiebreaker on on the Warriors because they won the first three head-to-head matchups. They do play again at at Chase on that two-game homestand coming up here in about a week and a half, a week from Monday. But I think the Suns, and they have 18 games to go, are going to win. I think they're going to win 14, 15 games. And so... If you're going to make up what is only right now a one game difference, and you can say, hey, the, the head-to-head matchup can make that up, but for the Warriors to finish ahead of the Suns somehow, I think the Warriors would have to go almost 15, I, I, I'm going to say 15-3, and, and and that might not even do it.
4: I hate to say it, but a lot of that depends, as we all know, on whether Phoenix can stay healthy and their key players have really struggled with that. So I'm not rooting for it, but obviously it's something you have to keep an eye on. I'll also say this, and I understand Kathy's point that if you're the Warriors, you'd rather match up with Sacramento. But can you imagine if it comes to that any which way, Sacramento against the Warriors... Is there any other coach in the league that knows the Warriors as well as Mike Brown does? I mean, that would be fascinating in terms of, I know they don't guard anybody and you like the Warriors' chances, but it would be really amazing, the chess match between Steve Kerr and Mike Brown. That would be a lot of fun.
3: It would be the the mutual admiration yeah. society for, yeah. for a week and a half to two weeks. There's there's no doubt about it, and I think there are there are certain aspects of the Kings' game that they have tried to model. No after the Warriors, I, I think they've been trying to do it for about a decade. Mm-hmm. With with Vivek Ranadive, they finally hit with the right combination of of players and and coaching staff and and all of that, and they they really are. I have you know not to get too lost in the weeds on on the Kings, but. I, I've been trying over the last week as they keep winning all these... Clo- I, I'm trying to find a, an NBA comp to them. You know, I think they believed coming into the year that, that they could be a playoff team, at least a play-in team. They've benefited, I think, a, as much as anybody. I know I mentioned the Warriors in that conversation at, at just how mediocre the West has been. They've been able to get hot, win, win a lot of close games. They, they have an incredible record. Uh, and they have beaten good teams so i'm not i'm not saying they haven't and beaten good teams and they're 18
4: and 13 on the
3: road yeah they're the one team in the west and but but a big part of that is the fact that they've beaten bad teams i i, I had the nugget uh, this week i was looking at between uh, between the the spurs and the rockets and even oklahoma city and the lakers the teams that are currently on the outside looking into the the play in tournament uh charlotte detroit uh, Orlando. Between those teams, the Kings are like eighteen and one hmm. in nineteen games. That's like the money. Those- bo-
4: that's like the A's in twenty. 20- Twelve or whatever it was, beaten Houston a bunch of times, yeah.
3: And and so they've they have they have. I mean, it's one thing to to have a really good record against those teams, but they are like 17, 18 and one against those teams that that I just mentioned mm-hmm. uh, this point. season. Yeah. And and that get and look, they've beaten the Clippers twice in the last week. They've beaten Denver. They've beaten Memphis. I'm not. I'm not saying they haven't beaten good teams. They beat the Warriors back in in uh, November. Uh, so I'm not. It's not to slight them, but that. But they've made hey, in areas where these other teams just simply have not. Because,
4: they've played like the regular season matters to them.
3: Correct. They're one of about six teams that's done that this year. Yes, yes. Yeah, Denver, them, (laughs) I think Milwaukee, (laughs) Boston, and Philly are Mm -hmm. maybe the only five teams in the NBA that have played the the regular season. Cleveland uh, are the only teams that have played the regular season like it it really, really matters. Uh, But I've been trying to come up with a comp as far as an NBA comp for, for a team that, in, that's, you know, they, they might have been good, but they end up at the top of the conference. And I just, I haven't been able to, all of the comps I have for the Kings have all been other sports. To me, they're, they're like the Vikings this year okay. in, the, in the NFL, right? They went all the close games and they are... Re- Excellent on offense. They don't play any defense. Right. I think so they and and the other one that comes to mind is the two thousand twenty-one Giants in baseball. Okay. Where yeah. All the close games late. Uh-huh. Like what is going on here? Maybe maybe they'd be good, but they're not this good, are yeah, they? Yeah. And uh the other one is the 2012 A's with uh, all of the right. walk offs, yeah, and and when they came out of nowhere to not only make the playoffs but win the division on the mm-hmm. on last the last a. day of yep. the of, of the regular season. So, but I can't come up. Can you come up with a basketball comp? I'll work to what it. they're doing down the road yeah. there in, uh, off of eighty. I'll work on that. I don't have one offhand, but I'm on it. I'm, I'm trying to think of one. I mean, maybe uh, there was a Pelican. Uh, it was, I guess, they were the Hornets. The Hornets, maybe the one year where they were the two seed. I think in maybe 2008 and got beat by the Spurs in a seven game series, they won around, got beat the like Chris Paul and David West and, and those guys with New Orleans was one. Seattle, I know, had a year in '05 where I think they were expected to be like a 30win team. They won 50 games and were the three seed and got beat. Uh, by San Antonio along the way, but they want a playoff series as, as well. But they had Ray they Allen; the,
4: and they had some pretty good players, right? They That's had Ray a, Allen, yeah.
3: but it was Ray Allen and just a cobbled together squad. Nate McMillan was coaching them. Luke Ridnour at that point running the show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was so. It's just kind of <laughs> that was kind of a a random team that popped into my head, but just kind of a surprise. It, it really doesn't happen a lot in the NBA where you get a team that is expected to maybe be playing level and they end up top two, three. In, in the Western Conference and, and I, I know the records and everything are, are skewed a little bit but but what they're doing is is truly it's truly special and uh, you know we'll see I think it would be a lot of fun Whitey if, if they ended up playing the Warriors in in the playoffs no doubt about it and I think that would be a matchup that the Warriors would want in the playoffs. If they could get it, but I think everything's so fragile that you can't really manipulate anything uh, to get it as well. 888 957 Gene in Oakland next here on Warriors this week on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Gene. Gene. Hey, guys. Morning. Hello. So, morning. I've come to believe, I,
2: I, I firmly believe we have an excellent chance of winning the whole thing, no matter wh- where we're seated. And uh, and I felt that way <clears throat> even before this, this five-game winning streak. And the reason is, I look at this team one through eight, uh, and maybe one through nine, because in the playoffs, that's about as deep as they go. And I have to wonder if any other team can even match us. I mean, we got three Hall of Famers, Wiggins and Looney, as the starters. And then you put in Poole, Kaminga, Dante, and hopefully GP, too, and maybe even a little Iggy. So my question to you guys is: What other teams that you know are are uh, are as good one through eight or one through nine uh, as a, as the Warriors? Th- Mem- Thanks, Gene. Yeah.
4: Memphis has um, some depth, and I know they're struggling right now, but they have. I mean, they 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 come at you with a lot of guys. Well, um that's one team
3: that comes to mind. We were playing this game this week when I was in, in for Steineo with with, with Guru. And we were just kind of running through like the teams that that one, the Warriors would fear, but other teams that would fear the Warriors. And we got into the conversation because, you know, the Warriors are not this season the team that they were last season. Like, it, it remains to be seen whether they can get on a run. I think everybody believes that they can here in the Bay. It looks like maybe they are starting to get on that run right now, Whitey. But it, it, it is that they are less feared by others in the league than, than they were a year ago when they had shown in the regular season that they had the ability to be dominant. Maybe the warriors do that between now and the end. Maybe we look back and it's like, oh wow, the warriors went 18 and five in the final 23 games or, or something like that if you you know, go with the 18 remaining and the five that, that have just been played, and that changes the, the calculus of, of the whole thing. and they do have that hot stretch. But we're playing this game of who fears the warriors? Who do the warriors fear? And I'll be honest with you, among all of the teams in the West right now, the one that, that I would fear the most if I'm the Warriors is Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Like that, like, and, and they might be the only one if the Warriors are playing at a certain level. And, and so the Warriors hadn't played at this level to where we're starting to go, eh, could they? But now they are. I think the next few weeks will, will dictate how real that, that is. But if the Warriors are playing at a high level... I don't think they I don't think Denver scares them. I, I don't think Memphis surely doesn't scare him. All due respect to Sacramento. They don't scare anybody. I, I think there's a lot of teams that, that want to play them. And and you know, again, do that at your own peril. But Phoenix is the one team. The Clippers are, are you know, they've got a loser culture, I think, with their top two players and now with Westbrook there. And so I I mean, to me, Real, I, I, in a way, the only team I fear is Phoenix, and and that may be the team you get first. Well, just to answer Gene in the question West directly, in yeah, the West.
4: and I understand your point, but yeah, both those teams, and I know some people questioned the Suns' depth after they made that trade, but they got Booker, Paul, Aiton, Durant, Torrey Craig. Uh, you got Campaign, uh, Terrence Ross there now, Damian Lee. Andrew Shamit, Okogi, so that's like 10 guys right there. And Memphis also, and I know Memphis is very flawed, but just to the point how deep they are, you go Morant, Bain, Brooks, Jackson, Adams, Melton, Williams, Kyle Anderson, Tyus Jones, Clark, Conchar, Xavier Tillman, I mean, that's 12 guys, so there are other teams that have depth similar to what the Warriors have. Um, that doesn't mean that those teams are as good as the Warriors, but there are other teams in the West that have significant depth. It's not just a Warrior thing. And the Warriors are still figuring out some of that at the back end of the bench. For example, you know, they got the issue now with the, um, with the two-way players in a run out of time. They got to make a decision, I think. On Jerome or Lamb, and at some point, JD, maybe we can talk about Anthony Lamb because it's amazing to me. Warrior fans just can't stand him for the most part. I know there are some that like him, but you you look on Twitter and people just wonder why are they playing that guy. So it's going to be an interesting <laughs> thing going forward here because they're going to have to make a decision on him. And if they decide to keep him, I know some Warrior fans are just going to flip the spread.
3: Well, and I, I think the, what the Warriors are probably going to do is try to delay that decision as long as they possibly can. And and Lamb is at 49 games now. And Jerome's uh, at
4: 42, and, and you get 100 now with adding Quinones. So you got like nine more games that they can play combined. Yeah,
3: but, but Lamb can only play one more. It's, it's still broken down 50, 50 for each. And so uh, I, Steve Kerr hinted pregame last night that, that when Steph comes back, Maybe they maybe they would and, and he even mentioned Igadala almost as if and Wiggins of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe you don't need to maybe that with Steph shooting and Wiggins obviously being another wing, you could get away with not having Lamb on the, on the you know, not having him active here for a stretch until you get down to a point where you have to make a decision. I do think you want to delay the decision for as long as you possibly can because it gives you flexibility should there be an injury that might dictate you go right. in a different of direction. Of course. And so... You know, I, on the surface, it's we'll sign Lamb because you're probably going to need forwards more than yep. you need guards, yep. as we've talked about. But what if a guard gets hurt? Mm-hmm. You know, or what if you lose a big and you and you do want to sign somebody from the outside or, or something like that 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 had been you know available prior to that that March first uh, deadline of of playoff eligible players. So you do need to keep your options open. There's also a financial component mm-hmm. to waiting until the last possible. Game or last possible date on the calendar with the prorated portion of what Lamb's contract would be for the for the rest of the regular season eight 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 nine five seven ninety five seventy. Let's go to Mitch next here on Warriors this week. Hey, Mitch. Mitch. How
0: you guys doing? A uh, good show. Thanks. What, Hey, Whitey. Yeah. Um, Mike, Mike, Mikel Green. Uh, is he kind of like washed up? Because so I you get a big buy like that, you are throw in there, too. But, you know, it's nice to see Kaminga. He's put up numbers, I think, the last couple of games. And, I, you know, I would love to see Kings. Kings and Warriors. Kings, they were like the before bones. They got all these good players. fought found some good draft choices. Kings, same thing. They've had a history of bad choices. Only the last three, four years have they made some good choices. But everybody seems to be thinking about Denver. I think Jokers going to win the MVP. And I think Devin favored to win at all. They're pretty deep,
4: too. Very deep. Michael Porter. Yeah, thanks, Mitch. I don't know if they're favored to win at all. They're favored to win the West, perhaps. They're not favored to win at all. Um, but Jamichael Green, it's a good point, Mitch. Jamichael Green last night, J.D., that was a pretty good matchup for him size-wise with New Orleans. He
3: wasn't washed last night. Whitey.
4: No, he was not. And you can see, we've talked about that. When he has those good games, you can see why the Warriors like him as much as they do when he plays like he did last night. There's still an element he can give them, and sometimes it's there, and for the most part, it hasn't been there every night this year. But last night, yeah, he uh, went 14 points and six rebounds. There's still an important role for him to fill if he can find some consistency.
3: Yeah, and I, I think he is. I think Tim Kawakami, the athletic, has has put it this way. a, a He's almost an insurance policy type big. He's almost the third big. He may play, he may not play. Uh, in you know, depending upon the matchup, but you do want to have him around, yeah. And and I think they'd rather have what he brings to the table, just as a as a as a bigger body and somebody that can maybe stretch the floor That's a little it. bit. I think they would prefer to have a player like that over a player, say like Nerlens Noel, who I, I know Warrior fans have just been clamoring for Nerlens Noel because he's seven feet so tall. Gone. And he gone. Signed,
4: he signed with someone. Who did he sign with? He signed with someone today. Uh,
0: yeah, and so I, sa- I yeah, think yeah, you know, they were
3: they were gonna want. Yeah, they were gonna want you know that and yeah, he did uh he signed with the Nets. Yes. He signed with the Nets. Yeah. Well remember today. before
4: the deadline, you were saying you think the Warriors could use a stretch big and they didn't get one, but their hope is yeah, Jamichael Green can still fill that role if and when they need it. That's that's the hope. And last night he showed that hey, I don't care what
3: Mitch says, I'm not done yet. No, and and yeah, he definitely had a, a big game last. And I think that's that's the template is it's going to be every every couple of games maybe he gets in and makes an impact. I think as they get closer to fully healthy and pare down the playoff rotation a little bit, I I think you know I, I start to pencil it. I mean, Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, Looney. Obviously, you got to get Wiggins back at some point. Uh, but then the bench is Poole, DiVincenzo, Kaminga. And Gary Payton the second, if Gary Payton the mm-hmm. second is healthy, becomes the ninth, mm-hmm. and so those are the guys that are going to be playing. And then everybody else is spot minutes, whether it's to Michael Green or Anthony Lamb, if he's on the playoff roster, or or anybody else. Depending upon injuries and, and matchups uh, and the like, 0. nine five seven nine five seven zero. Let's uh, go ahead and get. You know what? Let's go ahead and pause here. We'll, we'll pause here. We'll come back. I want to give Joe an opportunity to speak and uh, Austin. I don't want to be rushed here, so we'll we'll take the break here at the top of the hour. But Joe and Austin, you guys are coming up first at the top of the eleven o'clock hour. As it is, JD and Whitey, it is Warriors this week, and we're rolling on here on 95.7 The game.
0: Huh.